Still, most people think it's a microblogging app. It's 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 so early that even VCs, everyone is thinking, oh, it's competing with Twitter. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's going to kill Twitter, but it's not even competing with Twitter. You and I know that we need to study Bitcoin for years before we understand its nature. For Noster, it's so early that no one understands its, its nature. You create value in YouTube and you go to Facebook and there's nothing. But within Noster, the network effects start multiplying with each other. I am really concerned about the, these super apps because a super app can really capture the... At this stage, a super app can really come capture the protocol. Most of the value of Noster is going straight to the users. Rewarding content just for the sake of rewarding, like replacing likes, that's, that's just the beginning. It's, it, we're going so much further than that. Pablo F7Z is the head of R&D at Swan, an advisor to EgoDeath Capital, and the builder of far too many Noster apps to mention here. In our conversation, we got into Pablo's fascination with Bitcoin, Lightning, and Noster, we explored the wide variety of use cases and projects that can be built on Noster. We discussed the task of growing the Noster economy for creators and developers. And then we got into Noster risks and interesting new ideas that Pablo was thinking about. If you enjoy this episode and if you learn something new, the best way that you can contribute to the show and show your appreciation is by sending in sats over the Lightning Network. You can use any podcasting 2.0 app. There are dozens of them out there, but my favorite one is Fountain. Before we get into today's show, just a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by Voltage. Voltage is the premier provider of Bitcoin and Lightning node infrastructure. Today's show is also sponsored by Stackwork. And Stackwork is a Lightning-powered transcription tool that takes the best of AIs and humans to create better, faster, and less expensive transcripts. We'll have more from Voltage and Stackwork later in the show. Pablo, welcome to the show. I am so excited to discuss all that you're building and all that you're excited about on Noster, Lightning, Bitcoin. I recently was at Nostarica uh, last week and you were there and I I just, I was amazed because I, I had never heard of you before, but I was looking around and I was going to all the different panels and you had to be on like 50% of the panels there. And I was just like, why is this guy up on every single stage? And you knew what you were talking about. You had very uh, compelling arguments and ideas. And uh, so I thought it was worth doing a full episode to cover your interest in Noster. And then as I learned, you're, you know, you're also head of R&D at Swan and your interest in Bitcoin and Lightning, um, I think is, is going to be compelling as well. But before we get into that, why don't you just step back and give listeners a background of how you first discovered Bitcoin, Lightning, and then Noster. Thanks for having me on the show, Kevin. I'm super stoked to be here. I, I listen to your podcast like every single episode. So yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Um, I discovered Bitcoin. Well, I discovered Bitcoin a, a long time ago, as like most people, I dismissed it and thought this is stupid. Um, even though I, I was run, in 2011, I was running a company in, in Argentina and I was flying to the States, buying iPhones, going back to Argentina, selling the iPhones and using the proceeds to pay for, <laughs> for salaries. So Bitcoin would have been absolutely perfect for that use case. Um, I, I really got into Bitcoin. I used it a, a bunch in 2014, but you know, for payments, I didn't 
keep any of them. And, and then I really got into it for real. In mid-2017, I started looking into it, mostly for the um, for arbitrage and stuff like that. And then around the uh, 2018, the bear market is when I started looking into, okay, what what is this really? Um, I, had, I had read Human Action back in 2005. So I was very for uh, Austrian economics. I'm very interested in that kind of stuff. And I've been a developer since I was a, a little kid. So every, once I peaked on, on that, everything resonated. So immediately I just went straight to the, not the bottom of the rabbit hole, but <laughs> because there is no bottom, but, uh, but very, very, very far down the, the rabbit hole. Right. And then, so talk to me about how, how you got involved then with Noster, because this, this would have been a, a few years later. It's, you know, it's been around now for a couple of years, but really picked up steam in the last like six months. Um, what was your first interaction with Noster? Um, I think I saw Shady Fifty Five mention it on on Twitter. I I knew of Shady Fifty Five because I've used a, a bunch of his uh, of his non Nostr packages for for Lightning and stuff like that. So I was going back back and forth and started looking into it. I, I think around probably around May last year, um, and yeah, I started I started using it around October is when I started transitioning. From Twitter to to Noster, I back in May there was pretty much there was almost no one using using Noster, so it felt it felt like using uh, Lightning on on testnet. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, back in back in October or so is when I started using it for for real, and yeah, I, it very quickly clicked uh, on. It's not like Bitcoin; it took me a really long time for it to click. Um, Noster. It was okay. There is very obvious. Before Noster, I was looking very heavily at slash tags uh, from Synonym, uh, John Carvalho, uh, and I was. I actually my website is is hosted on a hypercore, which is the underlying uh, components of, of what slash tags uses. I I very I'm very bullish on that approach, um, or not that approach. That um, premise. The, the, one of the issues that slash well hypercores have is that they are very hard to debug. They are very hard to build on. Uh, the SDKs that you use need to do a lot of heavy lifting for you uh, because the protocol itself is hard. And when I started writing some code for Noster, it was uh, absolutely dumbfounding how easy it was. The protocol is so simple uh, that you can build something that is functional and useful in literally a few minutes. And that, to me, that feels so powerful. That's very cool. I want to get into all the Noster stuff in a moment, but I want to also highlight your, you have some wide, varied interests in the Bitcoin, Lightning, and Noster space. So as I mentioned, you're the head of R&D at Swan. You are an advisor to EgoDeath Capital, which is a fund investing in Bitcoin companies. Uh, and then you're involved in more Noster projects that I can remember. Uh, you have a couple of them on your website. Um, I just, I, I see them, I see you talking about them on on Noster as well. Uh, I want to hear about what your day-to-day -day schedule looks like and how you think about allocating time between all these different interesting ideas and projects. That's an excellent question. Um, <laughs> 
I, I'm I so I'm world schooling my my do- my my family my my daughter at the moment. I have a, another one in the way, which means that I travel often. Uh, every two months or so, I change location. Uh, what my daily schedule looks like it depends a lot on the arrangements I have in each specific location. So it it. It all is all downstream from how I can organize my my routine, um, but basically I I dedicate a, a bunch of time to do whatever I need to do uh, at Swan, um, whether it is working on on uh, changing parts of core parts of the code base that we've been working on for the past few months, or doing research on different. Um, Bitcoin scripts that we are looking into um, for for shared custody or something resembling shared custody or collaborative custody uh, or lightning stuff for Swan. So it's it, it's a lot of depending on what project I I'm working on that that day or that week, and and then on my on my free time I just I, I don't know I basically find something that piques my interest. Uh, with regards, to, I mean, obviously, the past few months has been in regards to Nostr. Um, and I just start playing with different applications, different... I have a, you know, there's so much stuff that still needs to be built for us to understand what Nostr is. So basically, I just pick one of them, and I started, and sometimes someone else takes uh, takes it and runs with it. Some Sometimes it gets very, very popular, so I need to like maintain it a little bit and people start helping me out a little bit. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's it's 100% curiosity driven, really. Yeah. Do you think there will be any interesting lightning or Noster crossover points between the work you're doing at Swan? I think so. But I think it's still a little bit too early. Uh, And Swan is, for the most part, it's uh, a it's it's go, tending trending towards being a, a financial company um, for for Bitcoin stuff. So Swan needs to be a little bit more conservative before adopting something. Not not adopting Noster, but adopting Noster for for something uh, product wise. It's one thing to you know have your social media on Noster. Of course, everybody's gonna do that. Um, Swan is already on Swan is already on Oster. But for for integrating it within products, that's something that we need to be a bit more careful with. Mm-hmm. What about the the integration points between Lightning and Noster? Because I know right now we have Zaps as that kind of like took off in the last month or two as this really cool use case for being able to send value to someone for seeing great content. But I imagine that's just the beginning. I, I, I know that it just doesn't feel to me like that's the finished end state of where Lightning Noster integrations go. What do you think about as like interesting next steps for Lightning and Noster integrations? So the, the way to think about it is that SAPs are just in protocol payments within Noster. So... So right now, the, the the main problem is that we we've been using um, social media, particularly microblogging, as a lens to understand what Noster is. And obviously, that's like saying that Twitter is the internet. It's it's 
clearly <laughs> the wrong mindset, right? But if if you think Twitter is the internet, uh, then you think, well, likes are the currency and that's the end of it, right? You can't do anything more with a like. Uh, but the moment you understand that Nostr, that microblogging is just one small sliver of an application within Nostr, you understand that payments are, are useful for pretty much everything. Everything that requires coordination among humans or even machines. Um, you understand that payments are going to be absolutely essential. The fact that we have in-protocol payments, I, I think it's like a, like a turbo on, on what you can do with, with Nostr. So I, I think at some point we'll be, I mean, it's kind of already there, it's coming. Um, we'll do product delivery via SAPs. Um, I, during the conference, I was trying, I had the idea um, oh, during the flight, I was um, flying with a, with a friend from, from, from Italy. Uh, we happened to be on the same flight going to, to uh, Costa Rica. And during the flight, we were just riffing and said, oh, we could build like an auction site for the conference. So we started just coding it. When we landed, we started coding it. And then the second to, no, the, the last night before the third day, we pretty much changed the whole idea. And then it wasn't clear if Jack was going to come because we wanted to auction off a, a hag from Jack, like a real life hag, you know, like he does <laughs> the, the hags, everything. <laughs> so it was kind of like memes, uh, but then trying to raise money and donate everything to, to OpenSats or Nostr developers or something like that. At the end, we didn't have time because I, I wasn't pretty much able to code at all. I think I got like one or two hours of coding during Nostrica. So we, yeah, we didn't get to the finish line. It would have been fun. But so for example, an auction site, you can do an auction mm -hmm. site. You can use hotel invoices to select, to not take custody of payment. There's a lot of really cool stuff that you could do because these are SAPs. Um, you can see, you, you can, I mean, on, on, on the idea that we have for, for the auction site was going to be, we would have like a big screen and you could see the subs and people could, you know, write memes on their bids, which is something that's, it's not a thing until, until subs. So, yeah, I, I mean, the idea of rewarding someone for cool content, I, I think it's powerful. I think there's a lot of signal. Um, I built a, a site called saplife.lol, which shows you like a feed of saps going on, but it also shows you in the past four hours or 24 hours, the notes that have been sapped the, the most. Man, that's such a useful way of seeing what's up, what's interesting that you might, might have missed. Um, so yes, there is a lot of signal there, but rewarding content just for the sake of rewarding like replacing likes that's that's just the beginning it's it, we're going so much further than that yeah you know that is really interesting when you think about if, if nostr is like for all communication i, I kind of think of lightning and bitcoin as like you can make any kind of payment anything in the economy like if you think about all the businesses that operate today it's all payments at some level. Like it's someone paying someone for doing something, right? Like everything in the economy is payments. And so that to me got me so excited about lightning. I'm like, this can touch everything. Like there's, there's nothing that's off limits. Um, if the same is true for Nostr, where Nostr is for communication and anything, anything can be expressed as information sent on Nostr. 
is there a place for like it do lightning and Noster together eat everything? Is there a, a bit of a, what does that overlap look like between lightning and Noster? Is there a segment of the economy that will only be Noster a segment that will only be lightning? I'm trying to think about like, if you look at a Venn diagram, mm -hmm. are those two perfectly overlapping each other? Uh, do they entirely encompass the whole economy? What lives outside of that Venn diagram? Those kind of things are interesting to me. That's that's very interesting. Um, the, the way I see it, it's, it's for the most part, it's a full overlap. And the thing is, the, the way I see it is, uh, the current way we're using Nostr, I, I think is going to go away. We're going to um, have better tooling for us to be able to use Nostr in more uh, segregated ways, if you will. Um, especially when you think about in terms of relays right now, they're just a commodity. No one really cares or knows where they are connecting. I, I think that's, that trend is going to change. And once we have that, we can do a lot of other stuff. So for example, you could have um, a Slack running on Nostr, right? Um, but you would want to have very specific segregation of the type of events that you post. Uh, even if it's the same path key, you want to have separa separation of concerns. So you can very organically do that with, with separate relays. And the way I see it is both uh, a microblogging platform or an auction site or uh, uh, interacting with coworkers via Slack, they all, it, it, in all of them makes sense to have a component of money. So the, the, that's why I think even though those would be separate use cases and separate personas with separate relays and being completely segregated in terms of use, the, the, the lightning component would make sense in both of those pieces. The, the way I see it is, I, I, I wrote this on Noster a while ago, is that um, it, you're in a few years, your company will either be a Nostra client or dead. Because I think it's just, if you think about it, the everything that accrues value in, in what's Web 2.0, it's just network effects. So the network effects of Amazon makes killing Amazon extremely hard. The mm -hmm. network effect of YouTube make killing YouTube really hard because they become very powerful companies. They, they can capture the value that is created by the network effect of social sharing of videos. They can capture the, pretty much almost all of it. They, users obviously benefit, otherwise they wouldn't use it. But they can give 0.1% of the value to the users and then capture the rest of the network effect. In Nostar, you cannot capture the network effect. And what's beautiful is that it's not only that we'll see users being able to receive more of that value. But at the same time, the network effect of the YouTube and the Amazon and the Craigslist and all these different places, because right now they are in silos, those network effects don't do anything with each other, right? You create value in YouTube and you go to Facebook and there's nothing. But within Noster, the network effects start multiplying with each other. 
So you can create a community, you can create something that is valuable to a very specific niche, and they don't care about microblogging, which is their current use case. They don't care about microblogging, but you do something better than Facebook uh, groups does today. And they come to Noster without really knowing about censorship resistance or money or who Mrs. is, without knowing all this stuff. They just use this application because it's better than Facebook groups. And these people coming to Noster increases the value of the whole network because they can start to interact. So the way you see it is an exponential network effects multiplying with each other. That's mm -hmm. why I think it, the, the, in, when you play it out, it, it's everything. Everything that is communication-based, it's going to eat it. That's really interesting. So it's like we have 10 siloed network effects today, and when you put them together, you don't get 10. You maybe get 100 because they're all interacting with one another. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's why I'm so bullish on the idea of micro apps and going after small communities, because I think that's the low hanging fruit of adoption. Because if you go to someone that is, you know, casually using Twitter every once in a while or Facebook and you pitch them on, I have this censorship resistant protocol, blah, 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 blah. Your friends are not there, but you should use it anyway, because you're going to get 10 sats. Um, <laughs> it's just the pitch the pitch sucks, right? It, no one, no one will buy it, other than the point one percent of us that are really geeky about these things. No one cares. I mean, we know what Facebook's. Everybody knows what Facebook and Google what they do with your data. No one cares. So that's not the pitch. But there is a really cool pitch that we can actually build stuff that is more valuable than what they're using. That's why I really like this idea. So uh, on. Two, two, two days ago, I started working on a, on a music app um, called Substar. So someone, Carnage, he did the design. It looks super cool. He picked me. I was like, oh, this is, looks beautiful. I personally, I'm not too much. I mean, I listen to music, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a crazy about music person. But, hey, I think there's a lot of work that we can do for DJs and, and people like that. Hey, why don't we build that? Because we, we need these kind of niche communities to bootstrap bringing more and more and more people uh, instead of just saying, oh, censorship, oh, you're going to get shadow banned. No, let's just build something that's better. Right. So how, how important is censorship resistance then? Because as you say, this is one of the common things you hear people say when, when they first explain Nostr to a new user, they go, censorship resistant Twitter, you know, <laughs> and it's like the very first thing that comes out of their mouth. How important is censorship resistance and how realistic is it that we can expect the platform or the protocol to remain censorship resistant over time? That's a fantastic, fantastic question. Well, I, I think censorship resistance is absolutely fundamental. Without, well, it's not that censorship resistance on itself is fundamental. I, I personally think it is, but I don't think that's the key attribute. The key attribute is the optionality of the user. And the censorship resistant is sort of downstream from that. It's a very nice side effect that you get from the user having full optionality, full control. It's keys. The, the, the relays can't really do much harm. Um, or they can't do no harm if you, you know, have multiple relays. Um, 
the 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 thing is that I I, I think the um, the censorship resistance and the optionality of the users, we are still, if you will, at the Bitcoin 2010 phase where some actors can come and kind of destroy the protocol. Um, that's why that's that's why I'm building as fast as I can and trying to build tooling to help more developers come into the space because we are at the point where the culture that we create around how to use Nostr will will gather momentum and i think the the momentum of culture is absolutely fundamental if you start using whatever technology whatever platform and you get used to using it via uh, say, for example, via you use Google via the Internet Explorer. You might have Firefox. You might have these other things. But killing the Internet Explorer because people are just used to it is really hard. So I want to build these micro apps. And the, the way I think we can prevent platform capture as soon as possible and create the culture of people are getting used to using Different apps for different things. Um, instead of, oh, no, I just use WeChat. It does everything for me. I am really concerned about the, these super apps because a super app can really capture the... At this stage, a super app can really come, capture the protocol. It's work that we need to do. It's up to us. Mm. Right. Now, you outlined some of the second-order effects of removing these, you know, 10 siloed internet companies today, combining them all together. And now all of a sudden you have a 10 times larger economy. What are the second order effects of a, a protocol that is censorship resistant, that cannot be shut down? What does that then lead to? Well, I, I have this uh, crazy, I mean, I don't know. That's the, the answer. The official answer is I don't know. Uh, the, um, but I have a theory that is that once you can't, it's a little bit out there, so <laughs> stay with me. Sure. But once you <laughs> once you can't have these massive behemoths sucking all the air out of the room, because what what happens currently? You have Facebook, you have Amazon. We we know all of them, right? As a developer, as a product manager, as whatever you work on, you can get a job at Twitter where you, well, not at Twitter anymore, but at Facebook, <laughs> uh, where you are in charge of making sure that the gradient of the button X is, is up to par with the rest of the products. And you can make half a million a year. Or you can start a, a startup, you can run your own business, you can hustle, you can do product, cleaning, coding, uh, cook, you do everything yourself. You pay yourself maybe 70K a year. You live under your desk. So we see these two very different models. And working for a big company is very appealing. You have a better life and you make a lot more money. You sort of like remove the high, high, high upside of maybe my startup will become huge. But man, it's a, it's a very appealing, appealing bet. But what happens if that kind of company is not viable anymore? 
because they are absolutely obliterated by an open protocol that cannot be captured. Well, those companies cannot be as big. And I don't think we're going to get companies as big as the FANGs within Nostra. I, I think it's simply incompatible with the nature of the protocol to have that kind of company. So what comes next? Well, what happens next is that you don't get these massive companies and instead you get a bunch of 100x or 1,000x more small entrepreneurs, people building stuff, people creating, and not just you know developers. I'm speaking a little bit in, in developer, um, uh, from a developer standpoint, I'm thinking about that demographic, but I think it permeates everything. But we stop having these massive companies we start having a lot more entrepreneurs. We start having a lot more creative people innovating on different things with much lower risk because creating stuff, creating a new company on Noster is so much easier. If I want to create a microblogging app currently and compete with Twitter, then <laughs> it's just me trying to create a network effect against this behemoth. I have pretty much no way to do it. Whereas I create a Noster application and I immediately have a million users, potential users. It's just there with keys ready to be, they are already onboarded. The difference is so stark because as I, I've launched many companies in, in the past and always the hardest, hardest problem is getting users. It's so mm -hmm. hard, so, so hard because it's hard to get people to try new things but it's also hard to get people from the place where they have been. Right. Now, I want you to play devil's advocate here because I, I love this vision of having a thousand times more entrepreneurs all being able to pull from the same user base and grow their apps without having to bootstrap a network effect from scratch. I love that. But I think that, and this is a, a bit before my time, but I, I, I believe reading some of the cypherpunk stuff from the 90s, there was a belief that the internet then was going to enable some of that. And the internet then was going to become this like democratized space for people to, you know, build cool things. And it, it did end up getting captured kind of by, you know, a handful of big tech companies. So I want to hear your best case for why that will happen on Noster as well. I want to, I want to understand like, what are those big risks that you see uh, that could lead us into a path where, it does kind of end up being a handful of, of Noster winners. I think the, um, back in the 90s, we had the, the browser wars uh, where Internet Explorer pretty much killed uh, Netscape Navigator. Um, and after killing or while killing Netscape Navigator, they, they got to decide uh, what the protocols of the internet would look like for the, for the next 15, 20 years, arguably still now. Um, and I think that's because the protocol was capturable, the, the protocol of how the internet was going to work was capturable. Uh, and you could build these huge, massive companies based on that. But... The, the protocols that we had on the internet before, well, I mean, the, the protocols that we currently use, like TCP IP, HTTP, et cetera, they say nothing about um, the interaction between users and their data. Um, that was simply not spec'd 
if you will, it's okay, an HTTP server and you query the server and that's it. But we didn't have any, we, we didn't have any, any way within the protocols to say why or how data would not be capturable. And they, and they got captured because it was allowed by the protocol. There was nothing preventing the protocol from, from doing that. Nostr is just one protocol running on top of these all other protocols um, that pretty much the whole point is addressing that issue, is addressing the liquidity of the, of the liquidity, not in terms, it sounds like money, uh, the fluidity of the, of the data, uh, making sure that the data goes from, it can go on to relay A, relay B, relay C, but the fact that, that there's that signature there and the, the authentication, the, the authorization of the data is the key pair and not Twitter holding the data or Facebook holding the data and vouching for the data, you can see the signatures. Uh, that means that there is no gatekeeper to say this data is valid or this data is invalid. So I think basically the fact that now we have signed data is something that just wasn't a part of what we were doing before. And it absolutely changes the nature of the protocol. Mm, interesting. Uh, okay, I want to jump into the topic of earning money on Noster. This is something that I find really interesting. I remember at Noster Rica, there was there was a panel actually devoted to this. It was it was NVK and JB fifty five, and NVK kind of got up there and was urging everyone to not be afraid of charging money for open source work. and And I got the feeling throughout the entire event that basically no one was making any money. And if that you know, part of me thinks that if Nostr is going to be this communication protocol for the world, if it's going to really encapsulate all of our internet activity, there's got to be, like, if it's going to be this big economic driver, there, there has to be money made somewhere by someone. There somehow has to be an economic component. And I got the feeling that there was not one yet. Um, what is your sense for, you know, the business landscape on Nostr? How do you see that evolving? And what does it take to get more people earning money today? The, the way I see it, I, I absolutely agree with MBK and what, with what you're saying that is, is essential that developers and makers that we make a living from the work that we do. Um, I, I think NBK's point comes from a, a bit of a pet peeve of the open source community and Richard Stallman and, and, and these people that it's just earning a dollar because you wrote code is evil and you should never do that. Um, it's, it's a bit of a, a strawman, but it's not too far. Um, and, but from, from my perspective, I, I obviously want to be able to, to, to make a living um, out of, out of Noster, because from my perspective, if developers are not able to make a living and creators in general, not just developers, if creators are not able to make a living uh, out of writing uh, for Noster, it, it will remain uh, a hobby. Like right now I'm doing Noster as a hobby. <laughs> um, I, I mean, so every once in a while, someone subs me, you know, like a generous amount, but obviously <laughs> I cannot sustain my family <laughs> with, with a million subs. Right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I think um, it's too early for, for us to... The, the way you see it is when you think about monetization, 
it 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 clouds uh your it, it clouds your field of vision. You you are not able to see as many opportunities. I think we're way too early to fixate on oh, I'm gonna build supply or I'm gonna build an anoster or I'm gonna build whatever it is. How will I monetize? I think it's too early. Every time I've started a project before Noster, how will I monetize has always been second question. What do I do? How do I monetize? Always, always, always. For Noster, I'm just delaying that question. I'm just not asking that question to myself because the nature, just how the nature of Bitcoin is hard to assess, like you and I know that we need to study Bitcoin for years before we understand its nature. For Noster, it's so early that no one understands its, its nature. So if we start thinking, how will I monetize? Then I think in whatever way you're trying to monetize, you will probably fail <laughs> because you, you will have, unless you get super lucky and you just casually found your way in something that kind of makes sense in five years, it's too early. That, that's, and again, that's why I'm building so much stuff because I want to touch everything. I'm, I'm, I wrote a proxy. I wrote a very crappy relay. I wrote a bunch of different clients. I, I bought this and that. I want to touch everything because I want to assess what its nature is, how, what shape it has, and then when ready, build something that is monetizable, you know, more easily. Most of my stuff, you can sort of, on some of my stuff, you can pay in some way, but it's mostly like a hobby, you know, uh, it's not a business. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's early. I, I think obviously I would uh, absolutely love if JV55, if he has, you know, um, Damos purple or whatever, and you are able to send, you know, whatever, 100,000 sats a month or something. Um, but that doesn't solve the issue of, of how to monetize for real. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I don't think we need to rush. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just a quick message from our sponsor, Voltage. Voltage empowers engineers to integrate Bitcoin and Lightning Network payments into their business stack with an enterprise-grade experience. The team at Voltage is building the complete tool set so that you can do more than simply spin up nodes, but also understand and interpret your nodes data. Their new product Surge gives engineers the capability to quickly solve problems and optimize operations. With node insights and visibility through time series data, you get dynamic and complex insights never available before. You can get complete control with insanely fast onboarding, advanced client side encryption, and zero management infrastructure making backups, networking, and upgrades simple. Get a free seven-day trial today at Voltage.cloud. Right. And I guess it's, it's like an iterative process too, right? Because no one is making money today. We have no real hints as to where the money is going to be made. But as soon as someone gets, someone makes, you know, a million sats doing something, and then someone makes five, and then someone makes 10, and then you go, oh, these guys are making a bit of money. Let me try, you know, let me try a, a little variation on their approach and then I make a little more and then it kind of it kind of builds on itself. But I wonder in the interim, I mean I, I totally agree like the focus should not be on on money today. But I, I also see, you know, if Noster is going to be um a success, it's gonna have to have a lot of developers 
putting a lot of their effort and energy and focus into it. And I don't, I don't feel that confident that if it remains a hobby project for everyone for five years, that they'll be able to get that done. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel you, like there's you are. <laughs> time. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. I, when I would say hobby, it'll remain a, a hobby for months. I'm 100% sure that within one year, we'll have non-profitable businesses doing a lot of really interesting stuff in Nostr. There is a lot of appetite in funding uh, Nostr developers as as BC, not as a grant. Yes. Um, that that landscape is already there. So it's a hobby now. It it and for for many for many developers it's it's not even a hobby. It's a, a full time gig. It's just you pay yourself a salary from savings, right? right. Uh, or from a grant, which is pretty much the same thing. The the funding the funding for for Noster is is there. It's there, it's just so early that very very it it takes a very uh, sharp eye to see what's in Noster because again, still most people think it's a microblogging app. It's 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 so early that even BCs everyone is thinking oh it's competing with Twitter. No, it's not. I mean. It, it's going to kill Twitter, but it's not even competing with Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. So, but but the funding is there. The funding is there. The professionalization thing of the uh, of the space. It's it's pretty much there already. It's just very small. There, are, I think there's basically two funds that are interesting in, on on investing in in Nostr businesses. Because yeah. at the same time, because you don't know what will work, it's hard to fund something if you think, well, it's even too early to start a business. So it's, again, early. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you're right. I, I did have some conversations and I know there's a bunch of investors in the space that are actively looking at Noster. I'm actively looking at Noster as well. And like this, this is the kind of um, stuff that I think excites a lot of investors because it's early. Like that's, that tends to be where where unappreciated opportunities lie. And so I think it's good that as long as there's some money flowing in, even if it's if it's from outside investors hoping that five years from now, the projects will be able to make a, some kind of return, 10 years from now, whatever, as long as there's some money flowing in, allowing developers to you know, fully express their creativity and build cool things, I think that's, that's great. Um, because one of the, the risks I see, I, I trying to think about like, Nostr in the context of Bitcoin, and maybe this isn't the right way to think about it, but I imagine Nostr is still so early that if one of these large tech companies decided or, or a band of them decided that they were going to try and create another Nostr or create like a Nostr, you know, a shitcoin version of Bitcoin, like a, <laughs> a secondary Nostr. Yeah. I, part of me thinks like it almost doesn't matter that you know, they can't quite create Noster. If they create something good enough, it can confuse a lot of people for a very long time, as we've seen with shitcoins and Bitcoin. Like we're still, you know, a decade after the shitcoins started coming onto the scene, we're still trying to tell people there's a difference between them. They still don't get it. And they're still all bundled into the same thing. So I feel like on some degree, I feel like if we don't 
quickly establish Noster as the thing and allow other well-funded projects. Like we've seen Facebook deploy like $10 billion in a year into VR stuff. Imagine they deploy $10 billion into building some kind of like hybrid Noster setup. I don't know what it would look like, but I imagine there are resources that could come in. And as you say, kind of like either capture Noster or try and build a secondary system that, you know, depletes Noster of enthusiasm. I don't know, just thinking off the top of my head, but I imagine that there is some, uh, we have to be thinking adversarially to some degree and uh, there, there will be competition emerge. I don't think everyone else is just going to sit idle on the sidelines, wait for Noster to become a thing. I, I, I fully, I fully agree. There, there is one thing um, that I think is important. I, I do think that the, uh, the parallel with, with Bitcoin and shitcoins is, is a, is a good one. There is one caveat there that when Bitcoin appreciated monetarily, right? So there is a very compelling argument of, well, you're late to Bitcoin, but you can buy this shitcoin, right? You can buy Ripple or whatever it is. Um, so the, the fact that there is no promise of, oh, you're early on Noster, you'll make a lot of money. The, the fact that there is no direct, there is no token. <laughs> the fact that there is no direct correlation with you adopted this protocol at this time, thus now you're rich. Um, I think dampens the, the, the excitement of finding the, the next Noster because there really isn't a, a whole lot of value on, on you know, oh, you created your pub key on <laughs> whatever. Like it, it doesn't really matter that, that much, right? Uh, so that's on one side. I, I still think that the, the, the premise is, is good, but I think it's important to keep that perspective. Um, I, I do think that companies will try. I mean, we've seen the announcement from, uh, from Facebook saying that they're going to try and build, they will fund a decentralized whatever, whatever, <laughs> some network uh, for exchange of micro of text and stuff like that. Oh, okay. It's, it, I, I find it so irrelevant. It's, just, it's, you know, it's like when, uh, where was it? A blockbuster putting the candies out on the aisles. It's right. Great. Great. Uh, super, uh, super interesting. Um, I mean, developers, develop, so developers need, need to build the ecosystem, right? There is no amount of money that you can put down to fund the amount of developers that we currently are already in Noster, even though that is so early. The amount of excitement from developers that are coming to Noster. There is simply a single company or a cartel of companies simply cannot. For example, someone, someone like me, I, Facebook cannot hire me. It's just there is no realm where Facebook can hire me. There is no realm of Facebook or Twitter or whatever hiring JB55. There, there is an amount of developers that are ideologically driven. We want money, of course, because we're humans, but we are ideologically driven. Facebook trying to compete with something like Noster is... It's pathetic. It's so it's so laughable. Um, so yes, they will try it for sure. For sure, they will try it. Every time this uh, conglomerate of, of companies they get together and they start working on designing these protocols, they end up the uh, the DID route with this 
6,000 pages long document defining every edge case and every why everything everything else sucks and why Nostra will not work. And and at the end of the day, they fall on the, on, 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 death, on left ears. No one will listen to that because no one cares. Uh, Nostra is working. Um, it's simple. Uh, but you have the simple building blocks that you need. So yes, it will happen and pff, no one no one will care. Interesting. Yeah, the momentum is very important. I, I look at that and I go like that. It's just so hard to turn that off. And it's like, how do you, I think, I think about the, uh, there was a quote, I think, from Warren Buffett talking about investing in Coca-Cola. He was like, and he was talking about the, the brand they've built and the, the, you know, mind share that they had established across the world about like, you know, this is the best thing to drink. He was just kind of like, if I had all the money in the world, I would never be able to change the, the way people perceive it. They've just got, they've captured the minds of people and there's such a momentum there. It's like money doesn't, it almost doesn't solve that problem. Um, so I hear that hundred percent. I want to ask now about the, the structure of the Nostra economy, because you've mentioned this before in the web two economy, the money flows to Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, and the creators kind of get nothing. And the underlying, you know, TCP IP protocol kind of gets nothing. <laughs> um, and so, so all the money is flowing in this one direction to the end applications and really only a few of them. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on between the clients on Noster, between the relays, and the creators, who earns the most money over time? Yeah, I think this is a, this is a fascinating topic because the, the other side of what we were talking about earlier uh, on how Facebook can create a network effect, someone was going to create the network effect. It just happened to be Facebook and capture the entire thing, leave 0.1% to the users and then keep the rest of it to create this behemoth. If you think about it and you think Facebook is a website <laughs> and it's billions and billions and billions of dollars of market cap. I have no idea what the market cap is, but I'm, I'm guessing it's hundreds of billions or whatever. Um, where is that value coming from? It's, it's not the tool. It's not the website, right? It's not the, the other tools that they built around that website. Is the network effect? It, that's the whole thing. Why are they? So, what? What's the other side of they have um, this this um, captured network effect? Is that they pretty much took it from the users. The the users created this content, this value, these connections, this history, and and Facebook is building a business on top of that. By definition, if you go on the other route most of the value of Noster is going straight to the users. Um, that's why I, I, when I talk to investors, I, I tell them, I don't think you can build a hockey stick uh, type of business, a hockey stick growth type of business. I don't think you can really build that on, on Noster. There might be some stuff that is more defend, defensible than other. I think a relay is really hard to defend as a business because... Again, relays tend to, are, especially now, I think it will change, but they trend to be 
uh, commodities. Um, most clients, and I think this is something that we need to make to do better, but most clients just push the really to the background. It's just like this setting. You, you don't know what it is. You don't know which relays give you which data. I, I think that will change um, because we're still designing, creating applications, thinking, oh, replacing Twitter, and Twitter doesn't tell you to which zone in AWS you're going to, right? Um, <laughs> so, but but I, I think some businesses will be more defensible than others, but for the, the vast, vast, vast value of the network, we'll just go to the users. And that, that's absolutely beautiful. That's a... It's empowering because you think that as humans, we've been creating all these values. As a species, we've been creating all these value. And what innovation have we not seen because the value has been taken to make sure that the gradient of this button is makes sense with the rest of the product? There is such misallocation of value uh, that we can fix now. With, with this protocol, which is kind of weird. You think, oh, well, sign, chase on blobs. Okay, we're going to fix. It's, it's, it's weird, but I, I do think that downstream, we're going to be fixing all these misallocations. Right. You know, I was, I was looking a while ago at how much social media companies earn for each user. And you can, you can find this stuff for all the public companies. It's all available in their quarterly filings. But last time I checked, I think it was about a year ago, Facebook... I, they segment their users based on region and the ones in America, you're, Facebook's earning about 150 bucks per year on the average American user. So that's not even like the really high quality users. It's literally the average, like the suburban mom in the middle of America is, is earning Facebook $150 a year. Uh, and that's just Facebook. That's that's absolutely that's absolutely insane. And one one thing that I've noticed is that uh, people people think that they subscribe for Twitter Blue and they pay the eleven dollars to to Twitter and they think, well, I'm not the product anymore. But you still see ads, right? You see fifty percent of ads. What you've done is you've segmented yourself as price insensitive. So now you are premium product. <laughs> you are yeah. the best kind of product. <laughs> So, so Twitter will make more from your ads now. They know you're willing to pay for stuff. Now they're going to feed you all the high quality ads. The, all the, the high quality. They could charge easily. They can charge 10x. So you see 50%, but they can charge 10x, 50x, 15x for sure. It's more valuable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at, at the time when I was doing this research, I, I looked at Twitter's because they were still public, uh, Snapchat, things like that. They were all in, monetizing in the range of like 25 30 $40 dollars per year for the American users, it drops off substantially outside of America, but you combine them all together and you start to get this picture of like, it's not a stretch to believe that an American user of all these different apps, you know, you have like 20, 30 apps on your phone. They're, they're probably giving a thousand dollars of value a year to, to these companies. And when you bundle it all together, you go, oh, that's actually quite a bit of money. Like uh, Americans would love an extra thousand dollars a year. And, you know, everyone else in the rest of the world would love an extra 200, 300, $500 a year. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, it's really, it's meaningful. And then as you, as you said earlier, like what happens if we then combine this, all these apps together, they're now all working on the same network, the network effects 10 X, 
the economy 10 X's and you're now thousand dollars is now $10,000. Yeah. The, the, the one, the one thing is that, um, when you think about these companies earning all, all that money, the pretty much all of the actors are economical, economical actors, right? So the companies paying the $25 per, per user, uh, the, the advertisers for the most part, the advertisers, they are with, I mean, not fully, but they are economical actors. They are you putting that money, giving that money to Facebook because of at some point, some kind of ROI and that ROI by necessity must be there because after 20 years without some kind of ROI, um, the, 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 the investment on Facebook ads would have dried up. It would simply yep. not work. So clearly the Facebook advertisement and Google and all these things, all this advertisement works. It creates human behavior modification. So we haven't only given the Facebook and all these companies the, the data for them to build this business and just yield the, 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 the value of the network effects to be concentrated on this company. But at the same time, we are getting our behavior modified by these advertisements. And we all think that advertisement doesn't work for us because we are all snowflakes, but Clearly, they do work. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, they, they do work. They do modify how you act. So without, we, it's, it's like a double whammy, right? We, on, on one side, we are giving this data. We are just allowing the, this whole amount of value to be captured, the, the value that we are participating in creating to be captured. And at the same time, we are buying stuff, acting in a way that without that advertisement, we wouldn't have acted. And if you if you add another uh, layer, is you run a business. I I've, I've started many companies, and when you start a business, using Facebook advertisement is one of the obvious ways to to start a business, right? You need to start getting customers, and your competition is doing advertisement. So by necessity, it forces your hand to disagree with everything they're doing. And really consider whether to, even though you disagree with everything you're doing, to give them your money. So it's it's <laughs> from from many points of view, it's it's a really uh, tough situation. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about. But you know, back to the the idea of creators now earning more money because the the platform's not capturing everything on Noster. What is what what do you think of as like? the creator landscape moving forward. I mean, we're seeing some really large creators develop, you know, entire product suites associated with their brand. Like I look at a guy like Mr. Beast started on YouTube. Now he's building like, he has like fast food delivery. He has chocolate bars. He has merch. He has like, he's built an entire, truly like an entire company out of the distribution he had on YouTube. Do you expect that we see, you know, a proliferation of creators that become companies on Noster? And maybe is this is this one avenue for VCs to deploy money into the Noster economy? If if the clients and relays themselves aren't going to be the hockey stick curve uh, companies, can creators be that hockey stick growth curve company? So. 
during Nostrica, I, I met um, Janen, Janen JPEG. I don't know if you know her. She, she went really viral because she did a video where she was firing with, a, with her feet, uh, an arrow, to uh, like from 18 meters. You must okay. have seen it. Okay. I think I have. Uh, yeah, she, she had in, in uh, TikTok, she had like 1.2 million uh, followers. So she, her business is content creation, right? Like that's what, he, what she does. Um, so I was talking with her um, and, and her, uh, her partner. And it was very interesting. And I actually talked to, to Walker because I, I had them over at my place the night before the last day. And while I was talking to them, I, I texted Walker and dude, we need to do a panel with them. This is very, this is very interesting. We couldn't fit it in the schedule, so we'll do it for the next one. Um, but they had a very interesting, uh, interesting perspective that I'm, I'm, I'm not a content creator. I, I, I'm a developer. Um, so I, I lack this perspective and I lack understanding of how that business works. But what they told me is that for them, Noster is not a plus because in Noster, you don't have the algorithm. And they pretty much told me, I mean, they're doing content creation at a pretty high level. Um, and what they told me is that the work of a content creator is hacking the, the algorithms of each platform, understanding what each platform, what the algorithm of each platform likes, just creating content for that algorithm. And they told me that the fact that, that there is no algorithm or that you cannot have a single algorithm, it means that it becomes really hard to run a business where the distribution of your content must, by necessity, be organic. So I am not sure, because again, it's not a business that I engage in, um, but I'm not so sure that content creators will be able to find the same footing that they, I mean, within Twitter and all these platforms is very a Pareto or not even Pareto distribution is winner takes most, right? There is five or 10 within each niche um, content creator that takes all of the audience. I, I think within Nostar, it might be that there simply is not uh, any one winner takes, takes most. Mm. But I mean, over time, surely people can develop their own algorithms and clients can implement various algorithms. They can, they can choose a selection of them, right? It doesn't have to be all one, but I see what you're no, saying. No, 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 absolutely. But, but if you cannot, so if you, if you create a video and it takes you three days to make the video in the way that the algorithm likes it, uh, and then you have 15 different algorithms for each client right. and in demos you can change from <clears throat> from one algorithm to another I, I understand that it would make it so much harder for uh for a content creator to be able to say this is going to work you know i hope you're enjoying the show so far just a quick message from our sponsor stackwork stackwork is a lightning powered platform for generating high quality transcripts of all your audio or video content they combine ai engines and hundreds of human workers all over the world who are paid over the Lightning Network to assemble these transcripts. And that's what lets Stackwork create better, faster, and less expensive transcripts. To see the results for yourself, you can check out my personal website where I host transcripts for all my podcast episodes. If you want to learn more about Stackwork, visit stackwork.com. That is S-T-A-K work.com. 
Okay, so let's talk about relays now. Uh, one of the big themes that I noticed at Nostarica was that uh, it seemed like users didn't really care about their relays. It seemed like that was kind of like an afterthought and it seems like clients probably are looking for just the most performant relays and they kind of get brushed to the side. And one of my worries is that if the censorship resistance depends on having many interoperable relays and these relays begin to consolidate because no one really differentiates between them or no one really cares which one they connect to, we may end up with like an AWS and Azure and a couple other big relays, and we may be back in the same position. First, is that an issue that you think is, am I correct in thinking that? And then if so, how can relays begin to differentiate themselves so that they don't end up in that situation? Yeah, I fully, fully agree with that. Um, to me, the relay selection uh, and, and the visibility of the relay is the thing to, it's one of the most important things to to fix and to change uh, of how we're doing relays because you're 100 right there at the moment there is no differentiation there is no no one really knows people ask me what's the best relay what relay should i connect to and really you don't know it depends um it really if you want to get all data you really need to connect to like the the demos relay there's not relay and a handful of other relays so that definitely worries me. Um, again, I, I I am very hopeful that this is something that we will fix. Um, so at the moment, I'm I started working a few a few weeks ago. I started working on on NDK, the Nostra Development Kit, which the it it's sort of a, a, a roundabout way of fixing this this issue. NDK gives developers app developers and relay developers gives them a lot of niceties, a lot of um, easy ways of doing things. So if you want to tag someone, it does auto-tagging. It does a lot of things that are really annoying to do uh, as a developer. It's not hard, but it's annoying to do them. So it's a, that, that part of NDK is a way to attract users to use NDK, to attract developers to use NDK. But the real meat of NDK and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm writing NDK is that it takes care of relay uh, discovery and connectivity to relays in a, in a smart way. So right now, for most clients, other than, than Gossip and in, in Coracle, you say, these are my relays. And it'll connect to those relays. It will write, it will read. Some clients allow you to say, just read from this one, write from this one. But that's absolutely an, an inefficient way of doing it. And you might as well not do it. Right? You might as well just hard code the 10 relays and, and that's it. Um, it it's not a, a whole lot different. Because what, the, what does it mean? If I run a, a small relay and no one knows about it, but I'm writing there, no one sees my notes. So there is game theory says I will not run my own relay or I will run my, I will run my own relay just as a backup. And right now, personal relays like the Umbral uh, relay, it's a personal backup. It doesn't serve anyone. It's not uh, other than, you know, the, the person getting the backup. It's, it's the, the utility is, is negligible. So, there is a lot of work being done. Uh, so NIP65 is, is one part 
of the work and the gossip protocol is one part of the work that that needs to be done for relay discoverability so that you have your i don't know your snort relay configured on your on your uh, client but if i write on my relay and you follow me your client will connect to my relay ask what did pablo write and give you the notes and disconnect and then you want to answer to one of my notes you write it on your relay on you know on snort relay but you also write it on my and disconnect so this discoverability and this in, um, tra uh, relay traversal, um, I think is what keeps the optionality of, of Noster relays so that even if it trends to centralize, it keeps the optionality of, I even if I get banned by everyone, I don't care because people that want to interact with me, they transparently can interact with me, even if I've been banned from all the major relays. Um, but it's work that still is, is being done. But I, the, the way I see it is sort of like, a, and, and the more I think about Nuster, I, I've spent a lot of time, like you, thinking about uh, Lightning Network and trying to understand the nature of Lightning Network. And for a long time, I was writing code because I was seeing the centralizing tendencies of Lightning Network. Uh, and I was super concerned about it. Uh, at the time I was living in Costa Rica, I had power outages every once in a while. and was thinking, oh, my routing node is down. And all these things, and thinking, how can I run uh, a routing node in this situation? It's just, it's a lot of work and it just doesn't work. Um, and, and then I, I was speaking with, uh, with John Carvalho and he, he told me that, yes, the Lightning Network 10, tends to trends to centralization so what and that was uh, such a such a, um, a a gut check because i was thinking okay yes so what what you have for what you need for the lightning network is the optionality of creating a channel and even if all the nodes are just censoring your transactions you can just create a channel yourself and just go it might be a bit expensive whatever it might be but you have the tools to go around the censorship and the same thing for Noster. With Noster, it's even easier than with Lightning because if everybody censors you, it doesn't cost you, other than setting up a relay, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you know, there are no mining fees uh, to create your, your relay. So I, I am extremely optimistic that this is a problem, but it's a problem that we'll, we'll fix. I like that perspective. I like it a lot. Um, okay, I want to get into Anna Noster which is this uh, Craigslist-style marketplace you've set up on Noster. There's a, been a number of Craigslist-style projects that have appeared, come and gone throughout the Bitcoin and Lightning and now Noster ecosystems. Craigslist is still kicking, though. Even after Facebook tried to, you know, Facebook's, uh, their own uh, marketplace platform is kind of like eating a bit of market share, but it still exists and it's it's quite a resilient product. I'd love to hear more about, you know, your vision for this project and how you think we can scale up some of these non-social media use cases for Noster. Yeah, so Anna Noster was, uh, was one of the first projects. I think it was like the second or third project that I launched uh, doing Noster stuff as a Noster client. Um, and I, I mainly did it because I 
would thought it would be cool to have something like that, and I was just playing with it. I, I actually added payments to it because I wanted to book uh, an Airbnb for Nostrica. So I added payments. I added the uh, like Airbnb style functionality where you can say check in, check out, like that that kind of thing. Um, but then I removed like the payments in uh, Nostra are actually commented out uh, because I thought ah maybe that's too much. But it's just adding payments using Lightning is so easy that it's something that you 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 can think oh it would be kind of cool and you just create it whereas it used to be that you know you need to integrate with this api or many decades ago i i built uh e-commerce website where you needed to get a merchant account and you needed to talk to the bank and do all these kind of things and now with lightning you can literally accept payments in five minutes um so, so from my perspective, yes, uh, what you're saying about Craigslist still having kicking around, I, I think momentum is something that is really hard to kill. Um, the the um, the network effects. I think if you let it play out, uh, Facebook Marketplace would end up uh, taking the lion's share of of Craigslist uh, and eventually kill it. Um, but it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard product. I don't. I'm personally not super bullish on marketplaces within Noster as the thing that will create adoption. Uh, I think marketplaces should be there for when the users come and they want that service. Uh, but two-sided marketplaces are really hard. Um, there's no no reason for sellers to be there if there are no buyers and vice versa. So my my point of view is that we need to build value for non for use cases that don't have this problem. Use cases that don't have this problem of a buyer must come in and offer a product, and then a seller must come in and buy it. Um, I think there is. Lower hanging fruit. Um, again, going back to what I was mentioning about building specific tools for different niches. I, I mentioned earlier that I'm world schooling my family, so we travel a lot. And the main tool that the world schoolers use is is just uh, Facebook groups, and it's an extremely subpar experience because it's not a product that has been built for this uh, experience. It's just a communications platform. And, and that's all you get. But there is so much more value that you can add to, to that experience if you build a product that is tailored for this particular community. And with world schooling communities, skaters, rock climbers, you can pretty much every single community, you can build tools that are better than the Facebook groups or whatever group they're, they're currently using. So I think that's a lower hanging fruit rather than marketplaces. Um, Obviously, interested in marketplaces, I, I think it's going to be super cool. Uh, in protocol payments, make it makes it so so simple to to make. Um, I, I I have a lot of thoughts on how you can see uh, a marketplace for like a local marketplace for for Bitcoiners that want to see uh, offering um, come to fulfill some demand because usually. I was in Thailand two, two months ago, and one thing I, that I noticed is that there were certain things that Bitcoin, paying in Bitcoin, would have been absolutely 
perfect for certain use cases. So for example, uh, there's a, an app called, it's, it's like an Uber type, type experience. And it, it was very problematic using it and it lacked, um, yeah, it had a lot of issues. So I was, I was thinking, being able to pay with Bitcoin here it would be just perfect. Um, but if I'm the only Bitcoiner and I get one driver to take Bitcoin and then it's just me for a couple of months using that driver, it's, it's, it's not sticky. It's adoption that it's just not sticky. But we Bitcoiners tend to be uh, eager not every Bitcoin, but many Bitcoiners are eager to be able to, to use Bitcoin in a, in a circular economy. So if you get a bunch of Bitcoiners within one region willing to commit an amount of capital and post that capital, say on a, on a two of two, uh, you post that capital, it's so much easier to go to sellers and tell them, here, look, if, you, if your restaurant accepts Bitcoin or your you know, car or whatever, there is five Bitcoin that will be spent within the, the next year that will be spent on restaurants. And it's so much more compelling that, hey, can I pay this $20 <laughs> restaurant bill with Bitcoin? It's like, Jesus, man, now get out of here. Like, don't bother me. I have, <laughs> I have tails to wait. Like, get out of here. Um, and I think it's a, such a mar much more compelling way of orange peeling commerces. And you can actually do Bitcoin script where where it's a two of two and you can spend, you can spend using Nuster. I, I outlined a, a protocol on, on my, uh, on my blog. I outlined a protocol of how it could work, but you could pay with lightning on doing like atomic swaps with that Bitcoin that has been posted on the two of two. And if the commerce doesn't, doesn't, um, come into action or you move out, uh, after a time lock, you could get Bitcoin back. So there's, I mean, it's programmable money. So it allows us to do a, fancy things like that right um but i yeah marketplaces are just <laughs> are just hard i think um it takes a lot of uh it takes a lot of um it's not just the development it takes a lot of um human grit to, to make them to make them happen absolutely i like that idea of committing a bunch of capital and saying to participants hey this is all available for you as a bootstrap mechanism but I agree. I think this this reminds me of a conversation I had a while ago with uh, Keegan McClelland at Start9. And I was asking him about what are, what are some of the apps that might take off in the personal server space at the time. And he said, you know, it's probably not going to be the social media stuff where you need where you need many people involved. You need like you need to have someone else involved. It, he said at the time he was thinking like file storage might be great or like a password protector or something like that where it's it's enough for you to use the app yourself and enjoy it for just you. You know, you don't require another participant on the other end, which could help, you know, bring new users in. Then once you have users, then you can explore some of the other use cases that need many users. I wonder, do you think there is a does it make sense at all to be thinking about file storage? Is that is that a use case for Nostra? I haven't heard many people discuss it. I don't know what the technical limitations are though. Yeah, I mean, you do have technical limitations because the protocol and, and the relays are optimized for storing uh, text. Um, I, I think there are better solutions than mm. than doing binary data embedded within the JSON. I, I, I think 
from from my perspective, one of the, so so uh, a couple of days ago, I, I I think I mentioned it earlier. I started working on on, on Subster, which is uh, which is like an upster over Noster, basically. So, but it's it's kind of cool because as I develop it, I I realized that thinking of music player, it's it's just shoehorning the idea because today we're thinking, well, actually, you can do podcast pretty much for free. You get a podcasting app. It's just using it in a different way. Um, but but because of that, I've been thinking a lot of um, how to do the, the final file management because at the moment I'm just saying, okay, upload your MP3 somewhere and give me the URL and that's what it's going to be played and that's it. I and and yeah, and last night I started coding it with uh, with torrent support, so you can just paste a magnet, and the user using the that wants to listen just streams the the, the MP3. I I told you earlier I I really like in in some ways I really like uh, slash tags, and I think marrying these with a slash tags is kind of it's kind of perfect. It makes it would make a lot of sense. Um, there is uh, key issues because the the curves that uh, Noster and and slash tags use are are different. That could be solved uh, probably. I, I know Melvin Carvalho had done some work on on moving a key from from one place to another. Um, but it, it would kind of be a pretty cool solution because a popular songs it's 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 torrent right at the end. So a popular song would start to get a lot of people replicating the song it's not really hosted on any centralized party um it's it's signed so you uh, uh, um uh, uh, the same author can continue to publish uh, uh, with the same identity um it, it solves a, a bunch of really cool things there is obviously the the issue that it's a, it's a different protocol um it's a, it's a complicated mm. protocol as well uh the slash tag people and the other people hate each other, which doesn't make things easier either. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the at the at the base of of slash tags is 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 uh, BitTorrent, so that's definitely something that we can do. But yeah, I don't I don't see relays storing uh, binary data. Maybe some relays will specialize. I'm I'm starting a bunch of relays that are specialized on different things. So I started a relay which I'm call, I it's called purple pages uh, and it's a relay that crawls the end all relays and it only takes in the profile information from people and the relay information from people and then I created a different kind um, a, a new data type that it dynamically updates where my this relay sees people actually writing because we have nip 65 which tells it's self-reported. Uh, a, a, a user says, "I am on these relays, on this set of relays." Uh, but again, because it's self-reported, that data can go stale. Uh, it can be uh, inaccurate. So, but you can observe where pubkeys tend to write. So, this one specialized relay will—you can query it, and it will tell you, "Oh, you are looking for npub x. Go here." It doesn't keep any notes. It doesn't keep any data. It doesn't know anything. It just tells you go here. It's sort of like when you start Bitcoin D, the Bitcoin core, it uses DNS seeding to find peers. It's the same idea. You use purple pages. My idea is that hopefully there will be other people running something like this uh, and you can query five, 10 different relays and they will tell you, oh, you're looking for X, go, go here. 
So Very cool. I, I, yeah, I think it's super useful. Um, I, I think it, it's uh, it's a way of decentralizing. Um, and it's very cheap to run because the, that data is almost nothing. So I can literally in my one relay, I think I pay for that machine. I pay like a hundred bucks a month or something like that. So I can easily serve millions and millions and millions and millions of, 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 uh, users. So, um, but yeah, I think specialized relays will be a thing whether they will be specialized so much that they will actually keep binary data. Maybe, um, but yeah, it, it doesn't really need to be within relays. We can go to torrents or something like that. Mm. What do you think about topic-based relays? Because this is something that maybe it could be a use case for like a, a reason for why you would have a differentiated relay. But then another thought I had is like, can't isn't that just a hashtag? Like, can't you just do that at the client level through a hashtag instead of creating a separate relay for a specific topic? Not, not really. Um, and actually, that's a fantastic question. It plays really well with what I was saying earlier about NDK. So, so the, the way Gossip Protocol works is it, Gossip Protocol tells you where will I find an NPAV. But really, what you want is a tag. And just NPAV is an instance of a tag. And hashtags is another instance of a tag. So for, ND, for NDK, you can, when you tag, say, for example, hashtag Nostrica, when you tag a node with hashtag Nostrica, it will publish it to the release where, where you said that it should publish, but it will also check if there is some consensus among people coalescing around a set of relays when talking about that hashtag, and it will also connect there and read and write on that, on that relay. Uh, because I really think that the idea of topic-based relays is going to be Absolutely fantastic. I actually started um, a, a relay. I was in Madeira right before Nostrica. I was in Madeira and, and we are setting up a relay for the people that visit Madeira. So because there were Madeira is it's much bigger than I expected. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's a city. Um, I was expecting something like El Sonte or something like that. And it's not, it's a, it's a big city. Um, and so I was expecting to run into, you know, I had Bitcoiner friends there and I was expecting to just casually run into them as I did in El Sonte every time I was there. And that wasn't the case. So I was thinking, okay, it would be really cool to be able to see, okay, you're posting that you went to whatever. And it, you know, it's, it's easier to see a timeline of the people that you share a physical space with. So I talked to Andre, who is the, who's, uh, uh, who's running Andre Loja, who's running uh, the, the Free Madeira project. And yeah, we're setting up a topic, geographically topic, based relay for, for Madeira. And I think something like this will start to happen. Um, I, yeah. So for example, for the Fedi team, um, I, I think that's something that might happen as well. Like when you're running a Fedi, um, instance that you could have a, a relay within the Fedi and the people that are in one area will coalesce around that relay. Um, but again, it's, it's so early that these are, these are theories. Uh, we'll see if they, they pan out. I, I think it would be fantastic to have this kind of thing. Interesting. Well, listen, I learned a ton from this conversation. Thank you for taking the time. One more thing before you go. I do a, a segment at the end of every show called the lightning round. Got a few rapid fire questions for you. You ready? Let's do it. 
Okay. You mentioned the book Human Action at the beginning of the episode. Are there any other books that have changed your view of the world? Um, yeah, there, there, um, it's a bit specific. I'm a, I'm a rock climber, uh, and it's a, it's a rock climbing book, but I've recommended sure. this book to, to non climbers. Um, it's called the rock warriors way. And it's, it's an offshoot from the work of, um, of Dan Millman, the, uh, the peaceful warrior. Um, the, the basic idea is how fear is part of, of being a human, and that once you realize that you can detach yourself from that fear, you can act regardless of feeling that fear and you can observe that fear, just have it there and do things anyway. Um, and it's finding the, um, the, the perfect execution and striving for the perfect execution under the conditions of fear. So yeah, I think it's a, it's an absolute fantastic book. It's very, uh, kind of mind blowing and the the climbing part is is it's kind of on the side for that book. It's most mostly philosophical, but yeah, great book. Interesting. Uh, what is the most underrated lightning app today? Huh. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's underrated, and it's not an app. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it, if it if it. But the SDK that Breeze is building. Um, I, I think we're being a little bit reckless with the, all the uh, custodial things and just self-custodial lining is extremely hard. Um, I'm a very big fan of the, of the green light model where it just works, but you have the keys. Um, there is a lot of issues to be solved, but I, I think Breezy's SDK is, is going to be uh, disclaimer because uh, Ego Death invested on, on, on Breeze because of this, but but uh, but I'm 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 very uh, I'm I'm very bullish on, on that model. Again, it's not an app per se, uh, it's an SDK, but I think in the next few years we're gonna see uh, a lot of evolution on on self custody wallets. And man, I'm I'm Super bullish. So to me, the a lot of Bitcoin being custodied is one of the biggest issues that we have in Bitcoin. If you could change one thing about the Lightning Network today, what would you change? A negative routing fees. That would be cool. What's that? A negative routing fees. Interesting. How, and how would that change the way the network works? Well, it would change the economics, right? Like when I started in, in Bitcoin, I, I mentioned before that I was doing arbitrage and the issue with arbitrage is moving the funds um, because they, they tend to always, the arbitrage tends to always be in one direction. So you end up with a bunch of fiat in one direction. Uh, this is before stablecoins. This You end up with a bunch of fiat in one direction. And then how do you move the fiat back? What I ended up doing is I, I would find a, a moment where the arbitrage was not as wide and lose money moving the, the, the fiat. Um, but it, it changed the economics of how you do liquidity. And I think if a routing node would be able to pay you to route through them, um, that would absolutely obliterate uh, the economics of, of lining. Interesting. Um, if you could only hold one asset for the next decade and it could not be Bitcoin, what asset would it be? Uh, I've heard you say this question many times and I never had a good answer. Um, 
I don't know, gold, I guess, or ammo or something like that. Uh, probably land or something like that. That's, land is such a shit coin, but um, yeah, I guess I would go with gold. It's, yeah. Yeah. Might it's as a tough well. question. It's a tough question. Yeah. It makes you realize, it makes you appreciate the fact that we do have Bitcoin, you know? <laughs> Asking this question, everyone's like, I don't know. What else? Like, what would I hold? I don't really know. <laughs> the thing is that once you understand Bitcoin, you, you realize that you're miserable <laughs> without without <laughs> Bitcoin. Your your life would be so much more fragile without Bitcoin. Uh, it it opens so many doors. Um, and when you start to extrapolate from the doors that have been opened. You understand how life changing it is, but man, it takes so many years to <laughs> to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then final question for you: Who is one builder in the Lightning or Noster ecosystem that you'd like to give a shout out to for doing great work? Um, I will give a shout out to to Tank to Tankred Hayes. Um, he's working at the moment on building uh, a company to advance the adoption of self-custodian lightning. And any work that we can do in that space is extremely, extremely important. Cool. Uh, before you go, where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? I spend all my time in, in Noster now. Uh, my website links to Noster. So if you go to pablof7z.com, uh, which is the worst domain ever, uh, you can, yeah, you just click on Noster and you'll see me. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Hope we can do it again soon. Thank you, Kevin. In the last seven days, you guys sent in 59,034 sats that came in from 18 different supporters. Let's run through the top five real quick. First is Mary Oscar sent in 49,864 sats. The Tone Wrecker sent in 2,117. BTC McBoatface sent in 2,058. Chad F sent in 1,690. And User Abuser sent in 1,116 sats. Huge shout out to everyone who's been sending in sats this week, especially I just released the first episode of my new series a couple days ago, and I got in a lot of great comments. So thank you to everyone who has been showing support for the new series. Let's run through a couple of the latest comments. First up, we have, uh, actually, let's go a couple of days back because uh, I published a previous episode with Nick Slaney at C equals. I want to highlight some of those comments too. Uh, we have interesting discussion about the Lightning ecosystem, Bolt 12 for the win. Uh, looking forward to trying the BitKey wallet. That is from Av Parker. We have Risco said, typical Bitcoin builders, all signal, no fuss. Keep up the great work square. Both these in response to episode 102 with Nick Slaney. Bobby says, take all my sats. Heart emoji, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. And uh, that's again on episode 102. Julie City says, super interesting on episode 102. Marco SV50 says, great job supporting content creators on episode 100 with Oscar Mary. Uh, <laughs> Timu Pleb says, and a microchip lightning node in our brain so we can zap telepathically. 
That'll be coming next. Uh, that was on episode 100. Uh, thank you for the boost. Uh, Timu Pleb also says, bullish on live podcasts. They could be like Twitter spaces, but with a value layer. The Tone Wrecker sent in 4,321 sats on the first episode of Stacking Sats and said, this was fantastic. I like the approach of hearing from other creators who are also learning the new tool sets in value for value these days. Bravo. CryptoSanus sent 101 sats and said, VV. Don McAllister sent in 500 sats and said, excellent idea, Kevin. It's an aspect that needs to be promoted, hugely underreported and underappreciated. Uh, this again on Stacking Sats episode one, talking about the earners in the Bitcoin ecosystem. I Love Sushi sent a thousand sats and said, this is the first time I've heard details about how musicians can stack sats. Very interesting. Now I'm looking forward to other episodes in this new series. Greepy Harg sent in 100 sats and said, thanks for this episode. It'll take me down a few more avenues with the Lightning Network. BTC McBoatface sent in 4,200 sats and said, I've been looking for this kind of coverage of working as an artist or creator in Bitcoin. Thanks. It might make sense to have a separate podcast for distinction between builder and creator, but given the small niche of those using Lightning and Bitcoin, maybe better as a consolidated show. I'm still toying with the idea. Uh, I appreciate the feedback, BTC McBoatface. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think about whether or not it makes sense to have the show separated or under the Kevin Rook show name. It is technically going to be separated into playlists on YouTube. It's going to be separated into different tabs on my Stacksats website. But I'm still trying to figure out what to do with the actual podcast. And then Mary Oscar sent 100,000 sats. That was split 50-50 with myself and Joe and say, great episode, Kevin. I think this creator-focused show format will be so valuable for people just getting started. Joe Martin, thanks so much for being a pioneer of value for value. And I hope to make it to one of your upcoming gigs. Thank you all again for sending in sats, messages. Uh, I truly appreciate it. And glad to see you guys are enjoying the new segment that I've added to this show. Keep an eye out for more coming up soon. Can't wait to see what you guys send in this week.